This album is dedicated to all brothers and sisters. My men and my women. And yo, it's time. Put our hands together for Hip hop, hip hop. Cause who I'm talking about, y'all, is hip hop. The stories of hip hop, of rap music, are the stories of a million MCs who, inside of them, the words are coming, the words they need to make sense of the world around them. The words are witty and blunt, abstract and linear, sober and fucked up. And when we decode that torrent of words, by which I mean really listen to them with our minds and our hearts open, we can understand their world better, and ours too. It's the same world. This is Rhymes and Reasons. So my name is Sarita Gates. I am from Southside, Jamaica, Queens. And I'm an Aquarius. So, first up, our Queens representers, they're actually from the area that I live in, South Jamaica, Queens. I remember seeing them when I was younger on Gayabua Boulevard, aka New York Boulevard. And of course, it's only right that they be the Lost Boys with the songs. The Lex Coops, the Beavers, and the Band. Oh, oh! So when that song came out, I think I was like eight years old. It was, <laughs> which is crazy. I remember like that time period because my uncle actually had a Lexus coupe and I think it came out in 95 or 96 but my uncle had a cream Lexus coupe the SC400 and he used to come to my grandmother's house with that car and he would be blasting that song all the time so it's funny now I have a SC400 Lexus the same year that my uncle had his like one of the reasons I got it was a because of all the music during that time period between like 94 and 98 you had like the greatest hip-hop hits of all times you had the Lex Coops the Beamers and the Benz you had all about the Benjamins you had no time Puff Daddy was like killing it with Puff Daddy and the family. Biggie dropped, Jay-Z dropped. I feel like hip hop was really at its essence during that time. It was just like the vibe. Like once you I'm I'm kind I kind of want to listen to the song right now to be honest. Pumps be fronting like they ill. Like they ill. That bustin' caps ain't got a goddamn thing to do with 
Recognize what you frontin' for oh, I know your style, you never hit a blunt before Or you're just another in the race Man, you better stop faking jacks, taking up space To me, you're nothing but the needle in the haystack Listen, kid, I've been doing this here for ways back In the day, ace, deuce, trade At the best, up as in my way it's like soon as you turn it on it just it just automatically gets you hype it does the same thing to me that like when i play all about the benjamins it does the exact same thing and to know that they were from my neighborhood and everybody tries to like i don't know why they do it to themselves but they try to play queens and it's like queens in terms of hip-hop in terms of the black arts movement in terms of jazz in terms of people want to raise their kids here like queens is just you can't deny queens and i feel like people try to do it all the time so Specifically, that song was to let you know, like, yeah, Queens is getting money too. <laughs> now, what y'all wanna do? Wanna be ballers, shot callers, brawlers, who be dipping in the bins with the spoilers. On the low from the Jake and the Taurus, trying to get my hands on some grants like Horace. Yeah, living the raw deal. Three course meal, spaghetti, fettuccine, and veal. But still, everything's real in the field. And what you can't have now, leave in your will. But don't knock me for trying to bury seven zeros over in Rio de Janeiro. I have two uncles. One of them, he is a really R&B dude. And both of them were born in 1969. One was born at the top of the year and one was born at the end of the year. The other uncle, he's a rap dude to the fullest. Like, I remember when Sega Genesis was out, he had, like, crates and crates of what was supposed to be, like, Sega Genesis cartridges full of tapes. Probably my first Lost Boys tape I've heard from him, Ghostface, Raekwon, Wu-Tang, Nas. The first time I ever heard Biggie Smalls. Being in his house, I think, I'm not sure if it was Biggie or Tupac, I think it was when Biggie died. But like being in the house of my uncle and he was like, oh shit, Biggie Smalls died. Like, and it's, and it's so crazy because the other uncle, the R&B guy has a, like he knew Biggie Smalls. He had a picture with Biggie Smalls. So it was just, it's just fascinating how these two guys in particular really set me up for what I would come to love, like this culture called hip hop. I look in the clouds, so you pass the sun. Right next to God, and he calling you son, taking you in, angels breaking you in. This is heaven, and no longer do you have to sin. And may God bless your mom and your two children, your wife, your family, and all your friends. Everybody stay strong. The good die young. Where we from is all wrong. We all confused. Never know what we have, what we have, we lose. Think big. We just lost a very big jewel. So, my father lived in a building next to me. I didn't really have a relationship with him. And it's not because I didn't want one, but I, as a kid, was not starting one. I'm very stubborn, and I get that from my father, which is fine. He died when I was 16, like, I think a few weeks after my sweet 16. And the first thing I literally thought of was, Pops died, didn't cry, didn't know him that well, in the moment of clarity song with Jay. And, and I think that's funny because as... I grew up and had a better relationship with my mother, not on purpose, but I realized how like my father I am. Like my father was an architect, an alcoholic. <laughs> so what, what those two things look like. So it's interesting 
to not have my father around but later realizing that I cannot discredit him for his role in my life and how that has made me be the person that I am. my high school was uh, the biggest the biggest private public school in the entire world I went to St. John's Prep, and it was it was like public school with dress code. I remember like just being in high school because we wore dress code, just being really hyped and excited to get fly. So I really found like my style in high school, just like making clothes. I remember like selling two-way pages in high school. I saw it in Jay-Z's Excuse Me Miss video, and I was like, oh! And I remember when the NBA... I think it was like the NBA jackets came out and like all the boys wanted them and my uncle took me to a spot in the city in Madison Square Garden called Jerry Cosby's and they had the actual patches and the jackets were like three four hundred dollars I knew where I could buy the patches and then I had a spot in Brooklyn that would sew everything up it was like a sports store and they would like sew everything up real nice I would be selling them in school so I'll tell my friends give me your jeans I'll throw the patches on your jeans I'll throw the patches on your jacket and doing that in high school $15 a patch if somebody wanted 10 patches I was doing a doing a-okay you already know what it's hitting for I got whatever outside and you know what I'm sitting on 50 50 venture with them s dots kicking off Armadale popping now only bring it more only thing missing is a missus you ain't even got to do the dishes got two dishwashers got one chef one maid all I need is a partner to play space with the cards up all trust who else you gonna run with the truth is us only dudes moving units and pimp juicing us it's the rockin' hair Maybach outside got rocks in air I never wanted to really ask my mother for money like my grandmother used to sell Mary Kay and I used to be out there with my grandmother when she sold jewelry and like different types of bags and stuff like that. I, I love the concept of what you can do with money or the access that money can allow you to have. Like I felt like I had to prove myself with, with kind of how, how much money I could make. Growing up in an urban environment, like that's a constant conversation where we're constantly having a conversation about money. Like, my friends had t not tons of money, but back in the day, $5 could get you a hero. You could get a 50-cent soda. I could get my bag of Wildberry Skittles, chips. It was like, if you had $5, you were doing a lot <laughs> in fourth grade. I wanna do. Baby.
wanna be ballers, shot callers, brawlers. We'll be dipping in the bands with the spoilers. I mean, it's interesting being not only from the East Coast, but being from New York City during this time period. And it's funny because I spent a lot of my time in high school on Jamaica Avenue. I just remember being with a lot of my friends, like. It was never like one or two of us on Jamaica Avenue. It was always like 15 of us. And you know, different artists would come to, what was, was it Beach Street during that time? Was Beach Street still open? It was some like place that sold CDs in the Coliseum Mall. And like most of the rappers would go to the Coliseum Mall. Like if they just dropped an album, everybody was and still is trying to be a rapper. So you have, you might walk down the Coliseum block and five people pass you their demo tapes. Like, what do you want me to do with this? <laughs> Sweet. Still this pain, pain. If I would've grew up to be a doctor, my nephews would've grew up to do the same, same, same. But since I grew up through the game and my influence is the same, and my therapy is music, they act so you would change. And though I wish you could separate the two things, I cannot, so my answer to you remains. I could walk down the hall of mirrors empty and be so satisfied when I look myself in the eyes. No shame, no tough. So now, check it out, check it out. It is Jay Z's Sweet, which was on his American Gangster album, if I'm not mistaken. This song really co signed me creating an organization called The Sweet Life. Sweet is spelled S W T, which means service we trust. Check it out, check it out. As I was thinking about this organization that I was going to start, I heard that song and it, just, it, was, it was real smooth. Like sweet da -da 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 -da. I was like okay This makes sense And then I think Oprah said something about sweet too So as Jay and Oprah said it I was like yeah the sweet life Let's do this For any coupe hugging the whole stuff Oh alright alright And it may not be what you call perfect But but it's my life So I make no apologies, crooked policies So a G a nigga gotta be Playing for property, no monopoly So I'll pass go and let my nephews follow me They say the child shall leave So I'll take it far as I can and then we shall see Shall we dance with the devil for a beat? I pray to God I ain't got two left feet I'ma bring you back to 2005-2006 So I graduated from high school in 2005 I went straight to college, I went to City Tech I dropped out the next year and I dropped out because school just didn't make sense to me. And I and let me be clear, I dropped out and got kicked out at the exact same time. I couldn't pass the math placement tests because I was not studying. So I dropped out and then I saw these young people on polo.com. So polo.com, which goes back to Kanye West saying, saying, oh, the polo rugby, it looks so nice. I really participated in the movement of the polo brand during that time. And there were some young people on polo.com and they look like me. At this point, I'm like 17 years old. So I called the polo office 
in the city and they connected me with this guy named Divine Bradley. Divine Bradley's organization, Team Revolution, was in charge of these young people being on Polo.com. I spoke to him and he was like, you gotta be down. Like, if you're calling Polo office, like, at 17 years old, let's do it. Like, let's change the world. Still, people lose hands, legs, arms for real. Little was known of Sierra Leone and how we connect to the diamonds we own. When I speak of diamonds in this song, I ain't talking about the ones to be clone. I'm talking about Rockefeller, my home, my chain. These ain't conflict diamonds. Is they Jacob? Don't lie to me, man. See, you're part of me saying, keep shining. How? When I know where the blood diamonds Though so it's thousands of miles away Sierra Leone connect to what we go through today Over here it's the drug trade We die from drugs Over there they die from what we buy from drugs The diamonds, the chains, the braces, the charms is I thought my Jesus peace was so harmless Till I seen a picture of a shorty armless And here's the conflict It's in a black person's soul to rock that gold Spend your whole life trying to get that ice On a polar rugby you look so nice How could something so wrong make me feel so right? Right? Before I beat myself up like Ike You can still throw your rocket for the diamond tonight So he really got me into not only community service but enlightening me on a variety of topics and with his organization when I became a part of it we did a polo program so we did a year-long program in which we partnered with Polo Ralph Lauren and we at the end of the program we had to create a jacket make a long story short there were three teams and my team won to to implement this jacket and during that time we met with like the executives of each aspect of polo so marketing branding merchandising sales etc etc after my group's jacket got chosen we had to do a presentation in front of all of the execs and ralph lauren so i'm like okay ralph lauren by the time it was my turn to present Ralph Lauren wasn't there yet so he came in like five minutes later and they made me start again so so my heart is going crazy I'm like this is like you performing in front of Jay-Z it's, it's a lot right now so I redid my presentation and at the end Ralph Lauren offered me a job so I'm like 18 years old and Ralph Lauren himself offers me a job. So I'm like, oh, that's crack. Ain't it, Jay? What she order? What she order? Fish filet. Yo, whip so cold. This whole thing. Act like you ever be around motherfuckers like this again. Who's your girl? Grab her hand. Fuck that bitch. She don't want to dance. She's my friends, but I'm in France. I'm just saying. Prince Williams ain't the it right if you ask me. Because I was him, I would have married Kate and Ashley. Was Gucci my nigga? Was Louie my killer? Was drugs my dealer? What's that jacket, Margiela? Doctors say I'm the illest, cause I'm suffering from realness. Got my niggas in Paris, and they going gorillas, huh? <laughs> it was just like phenomenal, it was a great feeling. And with the organization Team Revolution, not only did we have to do this year-long program with Polo Ralph Lauren, but it was a fellowship program. So at the end of the program, I had to either be an expansion leader, like expanding revolution to some place else, a workshop leader, or a social entrepreneur. I had never heard the word social entrepreneurship or social entrepreneur prior to coming to Team Revolution. And I was like, I know what entrepreneur is, so let me just pick that one. I'm sure it has to do with me starting, starting a business or starting a venture. So I picked that. 
and it's like when you decide to hop in the lane or hop in the industry and you really go hard to see like who's who and who's the movers and shakers things open up for you and all of these things just came from me being passionate about not only doing service but doing service that i thought was cool and then having this community service requirement with team revolution Next day you're down, long as you stay the same, it'll come back around. Hope I ride a ride, and it may not be what you call perfect, but, but it's my life, my life, my life, my life. Once again, it's the life. I'm even better, I'm even better. Best thing about it is my niggas eating together. With each endeavor, we reach levels. In the three years that I wasn't in school, I was doing everything, like literally everything, being a part of different organizations, learning what my strengths were, learning what I couldn't stand doing, learning what I sucked at doing, and just with all of these things, the sweet life evolved. So I created the sweet life and if I'm not mistaken, 2006, 2007, to just have a space where young people can create community service projects that were fly. So the fly, the flyness was the subtlety part, right? So it could be, I do a mural, but with spray cans rather than paintbrushes. Or it could be that we do a fashion show and donate the proceeds of the fashion show to a youth-led nonprofit organization or things like that. As I grew, the sweet life grew too. So at this point, the sweet life helps young people find their superpower. Yeah, like excellent. It's called the Sweet Life Conversation, in which we have a conversation around passion, purpose, and strengths. So the last one that we had, we invited, I think, 15 to 20 young people out, and we partnered each young person with a coach. And each young person had their astrology took and told to them. We also had workshops around, like, passion and luck and creation and power. So like principle-based workshops and at the end each young person created a project and we had them knock the project out in 30 days. So we had young people creating manuscripts, like designing clothes, raising money for their passport, like it was really, really phenomenal. And that's what the sweet life is. So I think one of the cool things was about having a workshop specifically on creation, luck, and power is nobody is having that conversation with young people around those, around those things. So to have a conversation around creation, like I did the workshop around creation and it was showing young people how much power they have and what they have a history of creating.
in the land of creation. Social movements, hands down, is something that young people have been doing throughout the history of time. Creating social movements and showing people what change looked like. Just creating the conversation around the things that they can create and have the capacity to create. And luck and power were the exact same thing. It's like, you know these things. You've said these words before, but you've never, A, had a dialogue with someone around it, around how you can specifically use it in your day-to-day life and in school. I'm living in that 21st century, doing something mean to it. Do it better than anybody you ever seen. Do it screams from the haters, got a nice ring to it. I guess every superhero need his theme music. No one man should have all that power. The clock's ticking, I just count the hours. Stop tripping, I'm tripping off the power. The Luck Workshop was done by my friend Michael Kajanapakorn, and he used The Wire Season 3 to teach luck and what like what that looks like. And my friend Kazi, who did the workshop on power, he used X-Men. So it was like you, you use popular culture to teach young people the information that is important for them to learn. Like, it's important for them to know about luck and power and creation and... And integrity and giving and service and things like that. So it, it was it was not only a great conversation, but it was something that unfortunately is not done often. Couple mistakes here and there, not always right, but I'm always real. So I sleep at night. Oh, I write a ride, and it may not be what you could perfect, but when it's life, 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 once again it's a life. Like, I always think it's interesting when my friends see me now and I'm like, yeah, I work with young people. (laughs) I just really wanted to work with my friends, to be honest. And when you're of a certain age, you realize you have a certain power that we don't necessarily tap into. That peer-to-peer learning is extremely important and crucial and necessary and effective. So I was like, hmm, let me just try this thing out. And it it worked. You know, being a young person, you think everything is youth-related. Like, you can't tell me about older people because young people just run everything. But as I get older, it's just more important for me to mentor um, and tell other young people that they need to grab up another young person under their wing. Like, if you're 17, you need to be rocking with a 14-year-old. Like, that needs to happen. Like, mentorship is is, is necessary. Like, what do you mean you're not a mentor? <laughs> Life is but a dream to me. I don't wanna wake up. Thirty yard years without having my cake up. So I'm by my paper. 24 7, 365, 366 in a leap. Yeah. I don't know why we here. Since we gotta be here. Life is but a piece. Went from having shabby clothes to crossing over Abbey Road. Hear my angel singing to me. I just hope I'm hearing right. Comments got me fearing like, Kylie, are you praying for me? Hip-hop is budding in a land of contradiction. And I think it's important to show that when Jay talks about, I don't wear jerseys, I'm 30 plus, give me a crisp pair of jeans and some button-ups. And then you see him in a Nets jersey. <laughs> like something that subtle. Like, okay, what has happened? Now he owns a stadium. That's, that's what's happened. Or when, like his first, I, I feel like one of his greatest albums for me is Kingdom Come. Beach Chair is one of my favorite songs of all time. But that album 
is completely different from reasonable doubt. Completely different. Like he's talking about sitting on a beach. You would like, did Jay Z go to the beach in '96? Like, was he at Far Rockaway Beach? Did he go? He probably went to Jones Beach for Greek Fest. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's completely, it's completely different. And I think it's important. It's important to remind people that yes, we love these artists, but we only know them as artists. Like they are human beings, and it's important to appreciate their growth. American Gangsta might be very similar to Reasonable Doubt, but the context is completely different. In American Gangsta, he might be looking at it from a businessman. He might be looking at it from his early days of being on a block. He might be looking at it from a boardroom. Like, it's so many ways in which he can still get the results and the potency, but be at different areas in his life like you have a millionaire talking about selling coke <laughs> and you didn't become a millionaire from selling coke so it's like looking at all of these complexities and and then looking at it in relation to yourself light is there you see i come from mississippi i was young and running wild Ended up in New York City, where I had my first child. I named the boy Nassim. All the boys call him Nas. I told him as a youngster, he'll be the greatest man alive. Let's go. This is Nas bridging the gap featuring his father. And this, this is the best part of the journey. So I created something called History Meets Hip Hop by accident. Actually, show, somebody really showed me what it looked like. And History Meets Hip Hop is, a, is currently a radio segment in which I bridge the gap between History Meets Hip Hop. So just for, I feel like our conversation has definitely been about context, right? So my name is Sarita Cassandra Gates. My first name is Sarita from Sarita Wright, the singer, who was also Stevie Wonder's first wife. My second part of my name, Cassandra, is from the TV show, I think it was of the late 60s or the late 70s, called Dark Shadows, in which they just had a movie out with, with Johnny Depp. And my last name is Gates because, like Jay says, just call me Philly Collins. I feel a billion is in the air. So I Bill am popular culture. Period. Rap skits, styles I mastered, many brothers snatched it up and tried to match it, but I'm still number one, everyday real, speak what I want, I don't care what y'all feel, cause I'm my own master, my pop told me be your own boss, keep integrity at every cost, and his home was Natchez, Mississippi, did it like Miles and Dizzy, now we getting busy. My being represents four people in three time periods. So the first person is my grandmother, who was born in 1926, participated in the Great Migration from North Carolina, landed in Harlem, <laughs> and she really taught me about like service and the importance of giving and being passionate and being committed to excellence in education. But she also was one of the flyest people that I've ever met in my entire life. 
She taught me about entrepreneurship, watching her sell Mary Kate, selling jewelry. She taught me about the importance of building quality relationships with people. And then the second person is my mother. My mother was born in 1950. So my mother is old enough to be a lot of people's grandmothers. And I feel like it's a blessing because I didn't grow up listening to hip hop in my household. I grew up listening to Stevie Wonder, to Al Green, to Patti LaBelle and the Bluebells, to Diana Ross, to Aretha Franklin, Luther Vandross. I could go on and on and on. So she, my, my ideology of music at a very young age was complex. Like I was listening to music that I really didn't understand, right? Because you have, if my mother is playing Miles Davis, <laughs> how am I going to understand I can only take little pieces of it and create my own interpretation of what I think it means. My mother grew up in the era of the Black Arts Movement and the Black Panthers and what that looked like, specifically in New York. And I'm blessed that my mother had me. She was almost 40. But I would, I would have been a completely different Sarita had she had me when she was 20 or had she had me when she was a teenager or in her early 30s. I'd have been completely different. So I'm honored that the gods chose us to be together as mother and daughter because the not only the lessons but the music and my appreciation for that as an art form and just art period has definitely stemmed from her taste and i'm happy i'm happy she loved marvin gay I rock baguettes with hoodies, it's like extra goody I couldn't break dance y'all, or electric boogie I was obsessed with cookie, I want the sex a cookie She said forget a nookie, wipe my nose, go get them boogies I gave cookie nookies, what the girls got known This my two brim hat, call me Sherlock Holmes Whole world got blown, so I tell hoes Fuck Lee's and shell toes, the kangaroos and Velcro So that's my mother and the last two people are my uncles <laughs> and they were the hip-hop guys like I, like I said one was real R&B the other one was hip-hop I remember my my uncles having tons of tapes I got my first Puff Daddy CD I got that from my uncle my other uncle I got my first Mary J Blige CD which was share my world and I had the conversation with them about style and fashion. So I got my first eight-ball jacket from talking to my uncles. And I got my first Vanson because my uncle had one. And 112 had one. And Puffy had one. And when I turned 24, I had on a Versace shirt and my uncle's Biggie shades. So all of these things are because of my uncles. So when I say history meets hip-hop, I'm a direct direct reflection of what that looks like from from those four people and from those three time periods. 
the history of music on this track. Born in the game, discovered my father's music like Prince searching through boxes of purple rain. But my Minneapolis was the bridge, home of the super kids. Some are well known, some doing bids. I might have ended up on the wrong side of the tracks if pops wouldn't have pulled me back and said, yo, yo. Yeah, I come from Mississippi. I was young and running wild. Ended up in New York City. New York. There's been no one to my knowledge in hip-hop that has ever done a song with their parent That is it don't get it don't get as you know Spike Lee did in Mo Better Blues It don't get more better than that at all So that that song is a representation and the song is brilliant How do you have your father on a how do you have your father on the track? Other people could have done it sure but you understand it when Nas does it. You are, like it makes sense. Like when it's like in order. I mean, this is the saying. Like in order to know where you're going, you must know where you came from. So you get clarity. Like I realized as I was getting as I was getting older, my relationship with my mother and my mother and I have always had a great relationship. But it was stronger as I got older. That's definitely like what has happened with Nas is like as he grows up and experiences things specifically with his father being in the music industry. So he knows not only does he know what it's like as an artist, but it's a different relationship that you create with your parent as you get older. Which is which is beautiful. It's like why Jay-Z had his mom on December 4th. Like the the conversation that you have with your parent or grandparent is much is much different when you understand the relevance of that relationship that you have. My grandmother died two days after my 21st birthday. And it was interesting. Like, I've always thought my grandmother was fly. Like, just externally fly. Like, she would wear a mink coat to go to the corner store to play her numbers. And, and she was brilliant. Like, she went from a sharecropper to a nurse with her master's degree. And she did that when... My mother's old enough to be my, my uncle's mom. So she did that when she had a husband and two extra kids besides my mother. So, so when she died, I found myself taking classes that reminded me of her so I can find out more information about her outside of the conversations that we had. And one of the first classes that I took was the urbanization of African Americans. So with that class, I had to do a report and I ended up doing a report with my grandmother's best friend. So I learned so much about my grandmother just listening to the stories of her best friend. I thought forever that they both came to Harlem together. I didn't know that they met in, in New York. They met in Harlem. 
but my grandmother's best friend knew members of my my family before she like down down south i didn't know that they lived approximately one mile away from each other down south these are the things i didn't know and i'm grateful to that particular class for because now it opened up the dialogue to learn more about my grandmother. I also took a, took a class called the Anthropology of the Civil Rights Movement. Now, my grandmother marched on Washington with Dr. Martin Luther King. And I have a poster from that, from that day. So when I went to the inauguration of President Barack Obama, that was like a huge thing talk about bridging the gap like you go from the march on washington to now so i've just been taking classes that remind me of my grandmother and even now i'm taking a class that reminds me of my mother like i'm taking black black arts movement i'm taking black popular culture so just looking at what this idea is in terms of bridging the gap He'll be the greatest man alive. Greatest man alive. Yeah, great, 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 great man alive. The blues came from gospel, gospel from blues. Slaves were harmonizing them ahs and oohs. Old school, new school, no school rules. All these years I've been voicing my blues I'm an artist from the start, hip-hop got in my heart. Graffiti on the wall, coulda ended in Spoffit. Juvenile delinquent. So I created the Sweet Life in 2006-2007. From there, like I said, I participated in a variety of programs. Then I specifically did one program called the Ministers of Culture. The Minister of Culture was Emily Douglas from the Black Panthers. And what inspired that was my supervisor called me and he said I want you to run a program called the ministers of culture and I want you to teach young people everything that you've learned while you wasn't in school so I'm like are you sure like I don't even know what that'll look like but during this time like I was reading Toni Morrison I was reading Malcolm Gladwell's The Tipping Point you know I was listening to Lupe Fiasco I learned about Cornel West like so many drastic drastic things happened so I did that program and the same supervisor he really taught me that I could create culture and reimagine and reshape it so I decided I wasn't going to go back to school until I create my own major. So I hopped back in school in 2009 which was the year that my grandmother died and the year that I turned 21, I went to LaGuardia to study labor and community organizing. Because I was like, all right, if I haven't found this program where I can create my own major, what would be something that would make sense for me? So I said labor and community organizing because I had been doing that previously. And then I was continuing on my journey of research, and I found two programs where you could create your own major. One was through NYU, and the other one was through CUNY. And I always remember my grandmother saying CUNY is one of the best systems in the world. So 
and I didn't have NYU money. Like, I don't have $50,000 a year, like, chilling in my TV. So, obviously, it was CUNY. And I applied to the program, and I got in. So, my major is urban youth culture. Like, in urban being a double entendre. Like, urban definitely meaning black and brown kids, but also meaning cities. Yeah, the so Sweet Life is still happening. Now I'm writing Just Because, which is about social entrepreneurship and the millennial generation. I uh, was editor-in-chief of a magazine, and then I started History Meets Hip Hop at the end of last year. Hey, hey, my papa was not a rolling stone. He'd been around the world blowing his horn. Still he came home. Then he got grown, changed his name to Olu. Come on, tell him about all the places you've gone to. I've been to Saudi Arabia, Mozambique. Yeah. Madagascar, Paris, Greece. Uh-huh. But little Africa is where we live. Yeah. Better known as Queen Bridge. Nas, Nas, you don't stop. Olu Dara in the house, you don't stop. Muddy Waters, Howlin' Wolf, you don't stop. From the blues to street hop, Hip hop matters stop. because... I am hip hop, and it's important for me to leave a legacy. Rest in peace, Ray 